Welcome to the In General Podcast, episode 107. My name's Jack, and I'm joined with Caleb and Chris. How are you doing, guys? Doing pr- pretty good. How about you? Hello, John. I'm good. Hello, John. Hello. Uh, you know, speaking of which, Jurassic Park is back in cinemas. Have you been yet? Not, not yet for me. I mean, it's not back in yet for me. No, you're right. It's not yet. Um, yeah. Oh, un- unless this will be out when it is. But no, I've not been there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen a lot of uh, people saying that they haven't. Their local cinemas or the Cinemark near them aren't showing it. There's no screenings listed or something. And even though I don't think it's until end of August, September, I think the ones in the UK. I do wonder if it's at the individual theater manager's discrepancy. Like, do they decide, you know? Uh, yeah, I I bought my ticket for August 24th, and I was surprised that there were showtimes already up and listed. Because, yeah, I've talked to a lot of people who don't have list showtimes or anything yet either. So I'm, I'm looking um, right now to see if it's uh, available in my neck of the woods, and it appears that there is nothing listed for me. So maybe I will not be seeing Jurassic Park back in theaters. Um, we will see. The fact that it's back is really exciting. I think you never miss, uh, fans should never miss the chance to see Jurassic Park in theaters, especially because most of us, you know, didn't get a chance when it, when it did come out. I was three, four months old. So I, I didn't get a chance to go see it when I was born. But, um, you know, I, it came out in 2011, I think, uh, in the UK. They re-released it for the Blu-ray. And I, I was lucky enough to go see that. And that kind of made me think every time it's in theaters, I have to go and see it. Because I've seen it a thousand times on DVD, on VHS, on Blu-ray, but you can't beat the cinema experience. Oh yeah, no. When Absolutely. It was out in I think 2013 for the 3D re-release, the uh, the sound design alone is just deafening in the best possible way. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to potentially seeing it again. But like I said, I just looked and I just presumed it would be available, and I was wrong. Maybe the listings will show up sooner. I mean, a little closer to the release, but maybe Pittsburgh just didn't get it. When I uh, was going to go see Indiana Jones a second time and there were no showtimes listed for some reason, I talked to a theater chain manager and they were like, yeah, we're only putting up listings like a day or two before because we don't know what we're going to show and blah, blah, blah. And so I don't know if like a lot of theater chains are approaching it that way or I don't it know. It might be that they're like trying to see where Barbie and Oppenheimer are with their yeah. right now. And then they're just going to kind of delegate how many theaters are available for Jurassic closer to release. I'm pretty are... sure Barbie yeah. is finishing its run already though, which is strange because it's doing so well. And the, you know, I waited until last week to go see it and uh, it was still packed. And I was surprised to see that when I tried to book a later date, there weren't any available. Uh, and then I saw something yesterday about it's going on video on demand next week or next month or something really quickly. And I was like, well, I don't know. They should extend that theatrical run. It's one of those movies that the more people talk about it, the more will want to go see it. Yeah, I still need to see that. Still haven't seen Indiana Jones. Haven't seen Oppenheimer. Uh, Chris, come movie. on, <laughs> come on! Long time. Seeing Jurassic Park in a movie theater is a religious, wonderful experience. So if you can do it, do it. Yeah, sure. yeah. If you're listening to this and you are one of the cities that have tickets available, apparently you should get on that because it seems like not everybody will have that luxury. Yeah, 
And it might be one of those things that, you know, last minute, as we said. Um, but one thing I found interesting was they'd made the announcements and they had, was a company called like Parks, Park Royale or something, make the trailer. But the official Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World website has no mention of it returning to theaters. Uh, the only thing that's still on the website was the Comic-Con San Diego experience uh, thing that they did there, which, you know, step into Jurassic Park, which is, it's finished. <laughs> and uh, I just, I, I wait, don't San Diego Comic Con is not still happening? No, apparently not. No, yeah. I mean, if you, you go on the Jurassic World website, it is, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I, don't understand why they aren't keeping all that information fresh and updated on the official website or even no, on, on social. Don't you know Jurassic World Dominion? Own it now. And <laughs> I still just love going to the park page, and it's just crucial web root virus protection and Red Baron Pizza frozen pizza of the random small gas stations that don't really sell food red baron pizza <laughs> i love that that's a I, I, i'm convinced those aren't actual real partners because i never saw any partnership with them i'm convinced that's like the pre-baked website like put your partners here and it's like the, the websites baron. like own partners because it's like a virus protection why is a virus protection a partner for jurassic world dominion i i genuinely think that came pre-baked and they just never like amended it but it's right next to it's right next to kirby paint top plus in westgate (laughs) yeah somebody should hack hack the website purely to to amend and fix just make a good website make a good website yeah put something good up there or restore it to the original um jurassicpark.com where the gates would swing open when you click click to enter yes or at least jurassicworld.com when it was actually a good website um yeah like a Personally, I thought it was a bad design, but the the content itself was fantastic. Everything that there was all these never before seen images from the original trilogy in high res as well uh, that they had dug out. That was all really nice to see. It's a shame that that entire information just got wiped. I just I miss the in universe park website. That was a really good website. Oh, that one. I I think they could have found a way to incorporate everything jurassic park underneath that umbrella things like blu-ray sales jurassic park 30th etc but also kept it under the envelope of like that in universe look it would have been a great unique way to handle uh, a website and it could have been like really robust they could have done like the lore drops the way that starwars.com does it but alas absolutely i when i when i worked at jurassic world at universal studios um the way they talked about the movies they were like maybe you've seen these documentaries about our park they're called jurassic park and the lost world (laughs) and jurassic park 3 and all of this other stuff and so they could uh i don't know that was that was one way to approach it for sure that's pretty cool that's pretty cool do you miss working there absolutely yeah i do very much i wish i would not have left so yeah (laughs) yeah that seemed like a really fun job either the orlando or the hollywood park seems but i think singapore if you were lucky enough, was it Singapore or Japan that has the really awesome Jurassic Zone? Both of them, I think, have a pretty cool. Uh, Beijing yeah. is the one with the craziest. Uh, oh, Beijing, yeah, 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 yeah. With that awesome new ride, yeah, yeah. No, what what Beijing has is exactly what Universal should have built at the uh, the new park that they're building right now. I forget what it's called. Um, Caleb, maybe you remember Epic Universe. Epic Universe, yeah. Um, Truly, Jurassic Park at Islands of Adventure should have stayed smaller and as Jurassic Park and then Epic Universe could have hosted the really big, robust, modern Jurassic World Park that brings in all of those new world-building elements that Universal really 
um, standardized with the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And then things like, you know, with Disney, Star Wars and Avatar have then thus like taken that approach. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned Islands of Adventure. That's a good segue. Because didn't they just drop their first debut album? They did. They dropped a brand new album of all of the Islands of Adventure music from... Go ahead. So, So all of the music that's been played, like, while you're in the park... Yeah, is it all of it? Is it like everything that you can encounter at Jurassic Park? So I, I'm not necessarily enough of an expert to know every little area of Islands of Adventure, but um, it there are twenty four. I'm looking at the album here. There are twenty four tracks. Um, it has all of like it has the main Islands of Adventure theme, and it has like the Islands of Adventure like theme music for the entire park. But then it also has a bunch of the music from all of the smaller areas of Islands of Adventure, like Seuss Landing and Skipper Island Tours and Cat in the Hat and uh, Sinbad and Merlin Woods and uh, tracks thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen are Jurassic Park Calypso. Camp, Camp Jurassic, um, and then Thunder Falls Terrace. Um, <laughs> so the the three of those are from the Jurassic Park. Area at least they're not named. Like, at least they're not puns. Like Mike, Jim, <laughs> silly little puns. Those who have stuck around with this podcast for a long time should be very familiar with Jurassic Park Calypso because that was our uh, that was our old uh, podcast theme music. It's well, we stole it. Yeah, and, uh, yes. <laughs> stole it from the parks before they dropped their debut album. Like you, you nedried it out. To yeah, <laughs> we smuggled park. it out. Actually, um, somebody that worked at the parks um, recorded it off one of the internal recorders and smuggled it out on a USB for us, and they never got found out. That's how. That's we got amazing. It. That's they, amazing. They, they put it in a uh, Barbasol can <laughs> <laughs> and licensed it to us, so we perpetually owned it. Mm-hmm. And now um, we get revenue checks from Islands of Adventure. I know that uh, the compose. I don't. I I know there's at least three or four different composers on this music, because there's an album of it that used to be like on music streaming services and YouTube and stuff. Um, but the only Jurassic music on that album, to my knowledge, was dressed was the Calypso. So like the Camp Jurassic music and Thunderfalls Terrace, to my knowledge, haven't ever really been out there in a public official way like this so it's cool to have for sure what, so is camp jurassic that's i'm gonna sound dense here but that's not anything to do with uh camp cretaceous no it's not uh it's camp jurassic is the the kids play area of the jurassic park slash jurassic world area that's still there uh it's under the pteranodon flyers is where camp jurassic is Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm not well versed in the parks themselves. Obviously, I've never. I've only been to uh, the park in Hollywood once, and that was at JP25. Which, again, we said every time, but that was a that was a great event. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that was my first time riding the ride. I think I said this on the last podcast, but first time riding the ride at night on you know in Jurassic Park. You can't beat that. I that tell I tell people experience. like. Whether it was the Jurassic Park ride or the Jurassic World ride, riding it at night is a completely different experience. So, yeah. 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 
I'm in no rush to ride the Jurassic World ride. Um, I hear mixed. Uh, I hear it's actually uh, we're uh, in we're somewhere. I, we may have already passed it. It may be coming up like in the next week or two. Uh, we're actually at the four year anniversary of it. Has changing it been that Jurassic long World. already? 2019, August 2019. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there was a you know a weird period of time in between that that uh, I lost track of. Else I think I think the rest of us have lost track of that time too. Um, and then the uh, the other Jurassic track that I see on here is Thunder Falls Terrace, which is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is where the boats come down and you can get splashed, and yeah. like where the restaurant is and all of that stuff in the Jurassic Park area of Islands of Adventure. It's the the music around there. So I, it so. does make me want to go. And just hang around in that area and get a massive turkey leg if they still do that. Do they still do the big turkey leg? Yes, they do. Probably. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's you got to go to the Orlando park. I was. It's night and day better than the Hollywood park. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, Jack, like we got to go to Universal Orlando. It's just a completely different, massive experience, even just on the Jurassic front. We should so. try. We should all try. We should try and go. As Absolutely. the outpost, and see, <laughs> see see if see if we could spend a couple of days there because that would be fun. Uh, I've been to Orlando when I was a kid, like most kids that got to go on holiday when they were young. They went to mm-hmm. Disney or wherever, but I didn't go to the Islands of Adventure for some reason. I have yeah, like yeah. photos of me. I was really young, but I have like photos of me holding a holding a gator at Gatorland and things like that. I'm like, why was <laughs> I not Jurassic? freaking park (laughs) you know like what come on dad (laughs) um Um, yeah we should we should try i wonder what flights would be like now in Uh, you know depends on the time but yeah the other day there was a flight from pittsburgh to orlando for a whopping 89 dollars only that's yeah that's what i mean is like depending on when you want to go like you could it's either you can find a good deal or it's exorbitantly expensive so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can be quite inexpensive to get to Florida, especially. I mean, I don't know about coming from your neck of the woods or whatnot, but um, yeah, no, it uh, it it, it can be affordable to fly there, just depending. Um, I was gonna say the other as we move on past these Jurassic tracks, um, you have Popeye's Sweet Haven, whatever that is, Marvel Superhero Island Main Street. That's interesting that that's on there, um. And uh, the adventure lives on, which I believe is like as you exit Islands of Adventure or it's like played towards the end of the day or the end of park hours, basically. So um, and the last thing I'll say about this, all this music being released is the timing is interesting. Kind of kind of came out of nowhere. Um, And I wonder why that is um, as far as like, you know the composers who made this music and uh, like, everything like that i wonder if there's had something to do with the release or anything but i don't know so maybe hmm. they're gonna do new music for the parks which actually probably be a shame if they did new music because i fully expect anything from jurassic park would kind of get erased and be replaced with jurassic world and that's not to say that music isn't good or anything but um come on <clears throat> jurassic park it's interesting <laughs> that you say that like because in the park in Los Angeles and Hollywood um, pre like when I went there pre 2020 to like ride the ride and stuff, they, the music wasn't that loud and they were playing 
some Jurassic World, some Jurassic Park. And then like after they reopened after like quarantine and stuff, like they down in the Jurassic World area, they exclusively play the Jurassic Park theme portion of the music. And the only place in the park that I've ever heard the Jurassic World theme and Jurassic World music is like in other areas of the park when they're just playing like universal movie music on a loop, like different universal music movie music on a loop. Yeah. That's the only place I've ever heard Jurassic world. Them. So good on them. Now they need to get lost world into rotation. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, and to my knowledge, they still play that lost world t- type of drum loop as you walk under the gate still. So, Oh, that's cool. Jurassic world gates now though, right? Yeah, it's the Jurassic yeah. World gate now. Yeah, so, <laughs> so not as visually appealing. Yeah, I, I still think that was a really weird choice. Not saying that they shouldn't adopt Jurassic World elements. It's just Jurassic Park is the movie. Just adopt Jurassic World elements underneath the Jurassic Park umbrella for the parks. Unless they should have that. sections. You know, the fact that yeah. in the Jurassic Park, uh, sorry, the Jurassic World movie, Nick and is it Nick? Nick's the actor, Zach and Gray, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, Zach and Gray. Uh, They go to the original Jurassic Park Visitor Center, and while it doesn't look anything like it from the outside, that's what happens in the movie, and then they stumble upon the original Jeep. So it would make sense that the parks should adopt... A section of the park is still the park, and a section is world. Like, it it would make sense, you know? Well, and the place that they really have or had an opportunity to do that was Orlando. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, didn't they remove... I mean, I know they've still got the Discovery Center... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's still the Jurassic Park Discovery Center, right? The but, only the only Jurassic World thing there really is Velocicoaster. Yeah, and I was going to say the only thing that they've done is ruin the the view of the Discovery Center. Yeah, with a yeah, uh, the Velocicoaster itself is fantastic, insane I mean, roller coaster. But like the placement is so weird. It looks like a great roller coaster. I still think aesthetically, it looks more like Tron goes to Skull Island. I don't see anything <laughs> that's Jurassic Park or Jurassic World about it. And I, I do think that it's just a very big missed opportunity because, people, you know, the, again, there's so many rides with, you know, Harry Potter really set the standard of like bringing you into the world and mm-hmm. creating these really, really excellent themed rides. And people want something like that with Jurassic, you know, really taking the modern sensibilities and applying it. And instead, they got a thrill coaster. And if there was going to be a second Jurassic Park park, Jurassic World Park. Uh, um, I wouldn't be as bad about it, but like I still look at that and just think it's it, it's a huge huge missed opportunity, and I, I worry that the Jurassic Park River Adventure will get the uh, very strange Jurassic World makeover that the the universe the uh, the Hollywood Park got, which it just it, it doesn't have a flow to that ride anymore. Um, some parts are good, a lot of parts aren't, and it's just all over the place. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, Caleb, you've ridden it, right? Obviously, is the, the Mosasaur the Jurassic World? Oh world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the Mosasaur thing cool? Does it work? It is. Yeah. Um, is it like it's... the Kong? Is it like the movie, the Studio Tour, where you go into the King Kong ride? And it's suddenly... it's a similar. It's the same concept. Yes, it's different. The execution is different. Execution's you... better. Yeah, the execution is better. It looks better because um, it's not it's not projected. It's it's a screen. So and the Kong on the studio tour is projected. 
Um, but it's like it's on moving from both sides, like yeah, going yeah. back and forth type of a thing. And um, it's a screen through aquarium glass also, which gives it a sense of authenticity. Yeah, it it it's cool. It looks really good. It's it's fun. Like and they have water effects that are synced with the mosasaurs movements that like splash the boat and stuff. And it's, it's cool. Um, though, I mean, say what you want about in between, but like the beginning, the mosasaur thing is, is really cool. And then the end with the Indominus is awesome, especially the new Indominus animatronic that they have now. Um, is I great. remember when the photos from that leaked or, you know, I remember we got sent a couple of photos of the animatronic heads the indominus head and i was like you know this looks like it's gonna be fun especially in under the the right conditions when you reach that point in the ride the t-rex head from 97 still looked fantastic 97 and 98 whenever oh when i when i worked there during training we went up in the ride building to look at all of that when the ride was shut down and so i i was i got to be about a foot away from that t-rex animatronic and it's it's gorgeous it's amazing yeah did they keep that one and add the... Yeah, it's it's the same one, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, but there's stuff in the middle that I think, you know, they could add, add a lot to, for sure. Yeah, the middle section is <clears throat> is very strange. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the Jurassic World ride makeover was a bit of a uh, rush job, and it shows... You know what the biggest shame is? I'm not sure if this has been talked about or not before... It was originally going to get a Jurassic Park 25th anniversary makeover, and it was originally going to get made over by a creature technology company, and it was going to be heavily Jurassic Park themed. The idea was to uh, get all the first thing, all the animatronics that they were keeping there, and they get fresh new animatronics with a wider range of motion that actually look like their Stan Winston counterparts, and it was supposed to be a celebration of the Jurassic Park films. Um, and then somewhere in between the development, they said, nah, screw it, Jurassic World, and we got that, uh, you know, oh man, I still think of, uh, they, they got rid of the wonky Pteranodon slaughter, right? Yes, that was something that I think was <laughs> universally met with, uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, the change, like the update that they made to that portion in the middle is, is actually pretty, like it's a shattered gyrosphere, and there's like compy animatronics that are fighting over a park worker hat. Like it's pretty cool. There's just like empty. There's also still empty spaces around there that could I, be filled with things. I still think they should put a Baryonyx because it says Carnivore I, Cove. Complete. Yeah. It says water. Predator Cove. And Predator, there's, yeah. Yeah. The Predator Cove sign is there and it's literally just like a bunch of. There's a big carved out section of there. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that they should put a Baryonyx there at least because then it would like feel really in theme. Or and, a. Spinosaurus. <laughs> well, I'm not sure they got the room for the spino, but that would yeah. be a lot of fun. I guess they could do the same gag where it's uh, busting through the wall, but the problem is like right around the corner they do that with the Indominus. Yeah. Um, and then the funny part is they still have it on the climb where you're going up and the weird raptor drops down from the ceiling. Yeah, they still have the same raptor that's been there for 30 years. Yeah. So it's still like that same <laughs> dilapidated, mildly lost world-themed raptor that like... My... Uh, my gay friends in LA call it the glitter raptor because it has a bunch of like sparkly things that are supposed to be like electrical wire, but it just looks like glitter. So. <laughs> oh man. It sounds like they didn't do the best job renovating, no, no, renovating no. that right? Which is a shame because, you know, you replace, understand the theme of Jurassic world was the blue and gray and silvery kind of thing, but that it looks so 
what's the word? Um, sterile? Yeah, sterile and just cold. And cool. whereas yeah. Jurassic Park always had this kind of safari feel to it that that was inviting and warm and then you get the flashing lights and the emergency stuff and it just felt very in theme jurassic world's visual theme to me was never that appealing it was i guess the, the whole point was it's like the big theme park that's gone corporate and utilizing that in the parks just it doesn't visually look as good yeah conceptually i get it like from a storytelling yeah. perspective but from a visual perspective I think that in this case, it should have been art art over story rather than story over art. And uh, yeah, I just think that it was the uh, it's just the wrong move. Again, I, I get where it came from, but it just ended up too cold and corporate and sterile looking. Um, yeah. Well, and the reason I started talking about that is because like if they I, I just feel like it's going to be extremely weird if they do that to the ride in Orlando. Oh, be like, depressing. Like, I don't know. And like if you've been on the ride in Orlando lately, you know, you know, it's, it's Jurassic park. The theming is great. Everything's great. But you know that that ride needs a lot of love. Yeah. Does um, the Jeep, the Jeep, they took away the Jeep that fools, right? Or is that back now? I, th- uh, the last time I was there, which was uh late 2021, the Explorer was there, but it didn't move. Doesn't drop. Which is weird because that seems like it would be one of the easier uh, bags yeah. to upkeep because it just goes wah, wah, it goes up and down. But for some reason, that was the one that always broke. And I think that probably just speaks to how old and archaic that system is. So every time the ride goes down, I'm like, ooh, ooh. But then I'm also like, oh, God, oh, God, is it going to get Jurassic Worldified? But, See, uh, and that's, that's an issue with no matter which one you're talking about technical difficulties all the time did they get rid of the ultrasaurus uh when i was there i believe they had gotten rid of it yeah. that's such a bummer i know that it was old but like when you come it was cool and there is this, this giant sauropod animatronic that looms over you it's the coolest thing ever uh honestly replace that with the brachiosaurus and people would be very very happy mm-hmm. i know the the raptor encounter that they've got at the parks obviously is only blue um, and as much as they should introduce other raptor skins for the raptor encounters, uh, you know, they could make easy use of some of the space where they're, they, they're missing dinosaurs now or something by just having somebody go in there in the raptor costume. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like, all right, here comes the ride. Let's just fuck around. <laughs> There's a, at the end, when you're up in the ride building and on the Jurassic World ride in the finale of that ride, there's blue is there. And the animatronic that they have for her is great. When it's, it's working. Moved. When, when it's working, when it's working, it looks phenomenal. But when it's not, or when it's only like seventy-five percent or fifty percent, it's like, oh man. But what would yeah. be the reason that they aren't pumping money into upkeep, though? I don't know. <laughs> uh, probably in the case of like Harry Potter, it's an outside IP owner, and that outside IP owner probably is very stringent about the upkeep. But when it's them themselves owning it, they could probably go, eh, we're okay with it, right? Yeah, we're okay with it. Okay. These, these uh, rides and these things are are uh, reflective of the movies themselves as far as let's make money as fast as possible and not put as much money into security and upkeep and things that we should be putting money into. But I don't know. There's a lot of room for growth in there, and yeah. I hope it eventually happens. 
But I do worry that if it happens, it's going to be like we're tearing down the visitor center and building the innovation center. And the Jurassic Park ride is just going to get the same Hollywood makeover that most people are like lukewarm on, on at best. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, I think now that the movies are done, you know, the Jurassic World movies, at least for now, are, are kind of done. Uh the studio might look at that and think, look, let's just renovate Jurassic Park because that is, it's the 30th anniversary. That's done really well. Everybody's talking about Jurassic Park again. Uh, maybe they're going to wait to see what the... What happens next with the live action realm? That What happens next with live action, but also what happens with ticket sales for Jurassic Park just to, just to really ensure, yeah, people are, still love the original and it's worth pumping some money into upkeep on the parks because it would be nice to go and visit you know jurassic park again and if it was recently renovated and the animatronics look like the ones from the movie that would be a lot of fun uh even as we are now we're not kids but you know going into that world uh would be would be a lot of fun yeah no i think keeping jurassic park makes a lot of sense it's (laughs) literally one of the most iconic classic movies of all time um yep it so keeping it makes sense they got jurassic world and other parks keep jurassic park there but Again, I'm already seeing that slow keep with the mediocre, mediocrely themed Velocicoaster. The the dream and, you know, something that would make sense for them to do in Orlando is to keep Jurassic Park as it is, even keep Velocicoaster as it is, and then put the majority of the Jurassic World stuff over in the new park that they're building and say, that's Jurassic World over there. Because the way they, like, even with Velocicoaster as it is, the way they mostly talk about it is like, this is just the raptor pin. They don't say, oh, that's Jurassic World. They say, oh, that's Velocicoaster. That's the Velociraptor enclosure, the Velociraptor pin. So, like, you could have Jurassic Park here and Jurassic World there. But Yeah, and if they really wanted to go full into it, they could always renovate the Velocicoaster with a more Jurassic Park themed if they ever go full out by diversifying the two parks, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. I don't know how they would do that with the, like, the, the Q ride segments. Yeah. But... I still think that they could at least visually Jurassic Parkify it a little bit. Yeah. I think we could talk about this forever, but the yes. the one thing that I took away from when we were in Hollywood was how, I think we've had a whole podcast about it, but how impressive the hot, the Harry Potter section was. Mm-hmm. Not just, oh, it's the castle you can go into. Not just, oh, it's, well, not the castle, Hogwarts. Um, not just, oh, you can get some, you can go on the ride, which was amazing. But you just walk around the land, and all, all the, even the paving on the ground is is stuff from Harry Potter. And I was like, yeah. that that's what Jurassic Park is. All the be. little shop windows with like these little interactive displays with like magic on display. It's like, oh man, Jurassic Park. Like they shouldn't just have animatronics on the rides. Like as you're walking through it, it'd be really cool if there were like little fencings and you can see little dinosaurs in the background, like little things that create these photo ops and that really full on immersive experience. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. putting like on top of the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World gates, like put like a little uh, pteranodon animatronic that occasionally like moves its head or something along. They the should, <laughs> they should bring in all the vehicles they have that are sort of on the studio tour or it's hidden somewhere. Bring them into this Jurassic area, this Jurassic Park world, and uh, you know have scenes with them and have them through little parts of the. Uh, you go through foliage and then wow, it's just like the, the lo- a scene from the Lost World or something. And you yeah. could have like projection through the trees where something runs across. I just think things like that would really elevate the world. Uh, yeah. You know, I like the mummy ride at Universal Hollywood. 
But I won't lie, that's prime real estate to expand Jurassic Park. Keep the mummy in uh, Florida. It's uh, it's prime real estate to uh, put in a put in a gyrosphere roller coaster yeah. or something. It, it could even yeah. basically keep the same tracks with the backward segment, everything like that. Exactly. But then do a really cool themed dark ride experience. Uh, the Florida mummy ride is better anyhow, so they could keep that one. But I think the Universal <laughs> one could certainly go Jurassic themed. Yeah, Anyways. I- I was no, I was gonna say like that for some reason they've taken all the Jurassic Park stuff at Hollywood and put it on the studio tour. Like there's a section of the studio mm-hmm. tour now that is Jurassic Park. <laughs> they have a bunch of vehicles and the trailer facades from the Lost World. They have the Spinosaurus. Yes, yeah, like, size yeah, brought back there. in, build the world of Jurassic Park and have all these different ops and photo ops and sound project sound you know, they have speakers <clears throat> in the floor for Harry Potter, right? Sometimes things happen and I don't know. That that would be a lot of fun. There's yeah. yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it, and how they could even build a little volcano that occasionally could erupt or something for like theming, if they wanted to. All those tourists fun. would be killed instantly. And yeah, they could yeah, have yeah. Uh, Claire Claire saying "Holy shit!" on a loop. Yeah, <laughs> as the volcano erupts. You know, <laughs> when the when it gets overpopulated in the park, just you know, wipe them out. That's volcano time. Um, speaking <laughs> of volcanoes, let's talk about Beyond the Gates. The three of us. Uh, work on Beyond the Gates, so it makes sense. Let's talk about the um, let's talk about some of the processes behind the scenes. Uh, Caleb, I, we, I mean, you've been working us working with us from the very beginning of the show. Yeah, uh, I, you you said in some uh, message yesterday or something. It's like 2020, right? 2021, 2020. Late late 2020, you guys messaged me and we're like hey we have this thing it's a jurassic thing and we can't say what it is yet <laughs> do you want to work with us on it <laughs> we couldn't say what it was that's funny okay, yeah. we needed you to sign an nda or something right yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but we've been three years into this now so we're on the third quote unquote third season that's what we call it internally right yeah, yeah. zero yeah. three e oh nine or whatever um, yeah. no for real though um we're on the th- third year of this now and it's uh been a really fun different uh sometimes crazy uh project to be a part of um i that's kind of all i got to say about it (laughs) yeah i mean that really does kind of sum it up it's been a really wild ride uh it's been a lot of fun having these uh, i mean especially the opportunity to bring in guests from the films and sometimes say share unique behind the scenes stories or occasionally uh, even images same with the toys being able to show the design process things that you normally just wouldn't see i think is always a lot of fun um you know so i saw a comment on this recent episode it wasn't on the episode it was somebody had tweeted it and um these things don't bother me but when somebody had said you know they just need to cancel beyond the gates now because um it was these toys have been out for ages and i was i was just thinking do these people not actually like one, do they not watch the episode? But two, do they not find any, um, do they not get anything from like, it's an interview with Matt Winston where he's no. talking about brand new things no one's ever heard of about the animatronics from The Lost World, you know? Uh, Most of the people, yeah, it's usually they don't watch the episode. I've seen people like comment something like that and then somebody like shares an image or like an like, you know, story from the episode and people are like, wait, and they'll be like, wait, where's that from? And it's like, <laughs> the episode that you said that you didn't like. Because you didn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
like you decided, ah, uh, you, you know everything about it, so there's no point watching it. And then you're going, oh, where's that from? That's really cool. What's that from? Oh, yeah. Well, it's the episode that you're just commented on. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We, 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 try, we try and we have tried since the very beginning to make these episodes not just about the toys, about the, but the process that's involved with designing them. And obviously, Greg, Raf, Chandra, and the people we've interviewed at Mattel have been really open and honest about the development of the, of the figures. But then we bring in guests like Phil Tippett, Dennis Murin was wonderful. And we actually, for the Dennis Murinette, we were really trying to get some never before seen things uh, from ILM. And they did actually dig into their archive a little bit and get some um, super high resolution screen caps of the thing. But one thing Dennis Murin spoke about was the tree trunk. Yeah. The tree trunk. And we, we, it was so funny. We asked him, obviously we interview these people for a lot longer than in the two minute 30 episode, but as soon as we mentioned the was you know how far along in the process did you film the sequence where um the characters mistake the brachiosaurus like for the tree trunk and he instantly recalled that sequence he was like yeah i remember doing like vfx tests for that and everything along those lines he could not recall if they actually filmed it or if they were only doing vfx tests but he's like yeah i remember working on that and he's like it got it got changed for one reason or another but yeah that was um that that scene was something that he recalled working on and recalled. And that's pretty cool. And Hey, maybe someday, maybe us talking about that will spark them to find in their archives and share it. Didn't happen for beyond the gates, but maybe just maybe it might get it to happen. Anyhow. That's the thing. I think we're, we're always trying to fill the episodes with as much new and behind the scenes content that we can. But, you know, as a fan of Jurassic myself, just hearing these legends talk again, even, um, even the Mattel people hearing them talk because they're as much fans as we are, but hearing people who made the original movies talk so passionately again, still about these movies for me, it doesn't matter if they've said something before in a making of doc or something. It's so amazing to hear these things again and um, hear the passion and, and what they think about it. I think one of the funniest ones was interviewing Phil Tippett. <laughs> he, um, he is a absolute <laughs> character if you've ever seen interviews with Phil Tippett. Um, but he was uh, he he was a, he was a fun one to interview. Yeah, one of my one of my favorites is John Bell. I love mm -hmm. I like and he's been on multiple episodes. Um, and I love hearing him talk about like his inspirations for the vehicles and the colors and everything like that. Um, oh man, John Bell's artistry is truly one of the biggest driving forces between like the visual iconography that we love so much from Jurassic Park. Absolutely. His collaboration with Rick Carter is really like what brought us to Jurassic Park. And that's why like, man, if, 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 if we get a live action film in the future that really like wants to, you know, jump back in and explore new visual identities, I would love to get that John Bell, Rick Carter collaboration. Mm -hmm. happen again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even if you look at John Bell's unused artwork for Jurassic world, he brought such a unique visual look to Jurassic World um, that ultimately didn't make the money, uh, movie. I think I think that they've been candid about it and said, hey, it was just mainly a budgetary thing. Um, most of that visuals, most of those visuals didn't make it because of budgetary reasons. And then that's why they went for the more corporate look, because it was something that was a little bit more obtainable and they're able to justify it within the story. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. <laughs> I I have the one of John Bell's Jurassic Park 4 posters, Isla Nublar, and it, it just screams Jurassic Park. There's mm -hmm. so much about it that screams the original Nublar. It's got that safari feel. 
And um, yeah, you're right. It, his artwork is, is one of the main reasons Jurassic Park became so iconic and it's, it's visual iconography of it. Um, his Lost World artwork as well always, always gives me that Jurassic nostalgia feeling. The, the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I'm on his web, website right now just looking at these alternative Jurassic, uh, well, they're Jurassic Park at that time, not Jurassic World, but the alternative Jurassic World gates, which were just so, so interesting with their usage of like the DNA helixes, like mixing with the gates and the skull. Oh, his Jurassic elements. World gates was, were insane. Yeah. The huge, huge ones with the like brachiosaurs at the side. Yeah, I was gonna say the brachiosaur neck gates. Those are awesome. No, yeah. I mean this artwork is just phenomenal, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Would would love to see it. I mean, hell, if they want to redo the Jurassic Park theme parks, bring John Bell in. If they're yeah. like, hey, you know what? We need something unique that fits like the constraints of the island. We want to give it its own visual identity. It's like get John Bell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at his um, his three pieces of Jurassic Park three concept art that were done very early on yeah. in the process of that movie. But, I would um, love I, to I, read that script. I, yeah, one, I want to read that script, but two, I want to see what else John Bell has got um, behind the scenes because I think there's a, there's probably a lot more. Yeah, that he's holding on to. Or hasn't found in his own archives. Hasn't found is probably the most likely answer because he's been pretty candid of saying he's posted what he's found. But there's no doubt there are things that like either didn't go back into his possession or that he never really considered fully developed to like properly archive. Because um, you hear that story, it's a tale as old of t- old as time with artists where they're like, yeah, I posted it all. And then occasionally they'll find something and be like, well, the sketch isn't that good. So I didn't really like, or like um, Carlos Suante with Jurassic Park 4 artwork. And then every so many years, he'll, he'll be like, oh, yeah, I've posted it all. That's all there is to it. And then every so many years, he'll find a new one. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, here's the raptor with a Gatling gun as its arm. Forgot about that one. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that in- you know what? That interview with him where he talked about um, what actually happened behind the scenes there was really eye-opening to that movie. You know, we, we all've heard the rumors that Spielberg saw the artwork and immediately canceled the project. And it, it wasn't quite like that. Um, but there was also an element of it where it seemed like, in a way, Joe Johnson was trying to push to the extreme so to, that the script... To kill the idea. To kill the idea, yeah. Uh, which was very smart on his behalf. It's just which we've heard from people here and there, mixing mm-hmm. that with what Carlos Suante said, where he's like, yeah, Joe was trying to kill the franchise. And it wasn't <laughs> like he was trying to make the franchise killer. But then re- talking to other people, they're saying, no, 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 that's not what Joe was doing. Joe didn't want to do this crazy militarized raptor hybrid plot. So he was trying to push that to the extreme to go into a more genuine Jurassic Park style route. So he was just trying to basically kill the idea of bringing the franchise into like militarized hybrid dinosaurs. He's trying to kill that idea. Not yeah, and I think as much as um, people, people, you know, Jurassic Park three, yeah, has its own fair share of problems. But I, I still would have loved to see Joe Johnson have another go. I actually read an interview with him from two thousand three or four recently, where he was clearly trying to say, "I need another shot at Jurassic," and. I, I feel like, based on the interview I did with Shelley Johnson as well, and what he was saying about it, they they both were just kind of waiting for that opportunity to really do a good Jurassic again. Yeah, and 
I, I really am a little... Because Jurassic Park 3 has a lot of uh, elements that are Jurassic Park feeling. Yeah. And like you look at the birdcage sequence, that is a really fantastic sequence, both visually and in its execution. I feel like, given, even though we've moved on a long time now, but having given them another shot back then, <clears> we could have... <throat> could have rewrited the franchise again and, and <laughs> Jurassic Park 4 could have ended up being this in, insane Lost World feeling movie uh, but I, with mainland sections because obviously yeah. we know Jurassic Park 3 was going to be partly on the mainland originally which made sense for what we see at the end of Lost World and the sort of natural progression of things uh, from the Crichton novels and stuff and we finally have an idea of what that story was thanks to the uh, ultimate visual history book Yep. Uh, we finally know the we finally know basically like a four page summary of the early Jurassic Park three script, which is more than what we knew back then, because all we knew was like mainland and like dual protagonists. But like that gave a very good overview of like what the story. It gave a beat by beat breakdown of like how the story was going to go, and it sounded really really interesting. Um, and it's a bummer we didn't get that movie. I it love, made- I love that Jurassic Park three has gained such a positive light 22 years later i i love that um and i i count myself among those who did not like that movie for a long time but i love that movie now and like i will watch it on a random evening just because it's jurassic and it feels jurassic and it's an escape so funny story about jurassic park 3 it is the highest grossing movie for a B minus cinema score. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's a very yeah, random that's... fact, but that <laughs> I, I was going to say or breakdown of the highest grossing films by cinema score. So like for a plus it was Endgame, a it was force awakens, a minus frozen two B plus the rise of Skywalker B Batman versus Superman B minus Jurassic park three. And it just goes on. Wow. What a, what a distinction. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I was, I was going to say, um, there are, just because we were talking about artists and things in their archives that they forget, um, there are pieces of music that I made for Beyond the Gates that were never used that are just sitting in files on my computer, So, and I have no idea where they are. So, um, yeah, that's, I, very, that's very Jean Bell of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, and they're, but, they're, but they're not as good as what was actually used, so... <laughs> Well, yeah. I think it's um, that's a testament to your music. When we have Lost World sounding, I remember when we first had a Lost World item, and me and Chris were kind of bombarding you with messages like, Lost World sounds, drum, <laughs> drum, drum, and I don't think, when I remember that moment when me and Chris first, what we, we synced your new track up to that Lost World episode, and we, we turned the volume up a little bit on that, we watched it together, and the feeling that came away from where we were so excited and so pumped by what you'd created. <laughs> um, and it was so perfectly the lost world. And I'm, it's, I'm, yeah, no, just- it's, it's so much fun making music for beyond the gates. Um, and then, uh, you know, when you guys message me and you're like, make this the lost world, like even more fun. Um, Do the lost world. <laughs> exactly. And that's happened. That, that's yeah. happened in every season that we've done. So, <laughs> There have been this season as well has been the most lost world. It, yeah, yeah there's been a lot of lost world. Um, Jurassic Park is my religion, and the holiest scripture is <laughs> the lost world is in everything. So, yeah. um, you can find the lost world in everything because, like, I, I wrote the music for this season, like, not intending it to be that at all, but then, like, 
I was able to, to implement those Lost World drums into it, and it fit. So yeah. it does. It really does. You know, that's why I'm. It's a shame we haven't. Ha we've had a number of Jurassic Park three items, but not enough to, you know, make it a kind of really Jurassic Park three inspired episode. Especially because usually they're paired with another item from Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, or Lost World, or something. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah. hoping there will be like a Jurassic Park 3 Spinosaurus or something like that. Or... Udesky with neck snap in action. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> back splitting action, you know, the, the raptor claw. That'll I... damage Udesky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rip open his back. No, Epic I... evolution raptor trap. <laughs> they should do a Udesky figure with a massive wooden uh, piece of wood, you know. Uh, massive wooden piece of wood. A massive wooden piece of wood. No, <laughs> In that screenshot, it is something a, unexpected a has evolved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Desky's mustache. But they—they—that's uh, th one thing that I think is quite criminal of Mattel is that they haven't done any humans from Jurassic Park three. Uh, except well, they, for they, they have done Grant. They've done Grant, yeah. But he was an Amazon exclusive, very hard to can't find, and yeah, not like marketed at all, like. It just sort of came out, and there was I was like, "Oh, cool! Are these two packs going to be a thing?" And it was just a one-off. And uh, oh, there it is, Caleb. There, got it. there it is. It is a cool-looking figure. I, I don't have that one. I have after disappoints me though. If I'm I have enough. Park. I have Park Grant, JP3 Grant, Dominion Grant. You know, in a line next to each other. Nice, <laughs> but yeah, nice. Do you remember the rumor that? Uh, it was an IMDb rumor, so I don't think it had much substance. But back in the day when IMDb trivia was where we used to go for like, oh, my God, did you know this? Um, that Jeff Goldblum's character, I don't know if you know, plays Ian Malcolm, Dr. Ian Malcolm. He was going to be in Jurassic Park 3, but he broke his leg before filming. Do you remember that rumor that was on the trivia pages? I do recall that rumor. I'm not sure if there is any credit I, to it. did jeff goldblum actually break his leg around that time that's what i need to find out we need to ask the man um, well, wasn't there like a rumor that like he like remember like there was like a rumor that he fell off a cliff filming jurassic park 4 back in the days as well or something like that i remember that yeah <laughs> people just like rumors of jeff goldblum getting fucked up <laughs> uh i you know i remember when the universal i think it may have been in Ho yeah, it must have been in hollywood the studio tour they had a uh, jurassic park 4 listed as filming in one of the stages and uh, and this was like 20 2008 2009 maybe do you remember that it was on like the studio filming the tour i mean i know exactly where that like, little slate is yeah yeah and there was Jurassic. somebody had written jurassic part four on there filming in like stage 12 or something and oh, everyone's man. going nuts for a long time occasionally you will get a studio tour guide who like loves jurassic park and they will like point out oh see that parking garage over there that's where they filmed the trailer sequence or parts of the trailer but, sequence in the lost world so yeah. as they, they should they exactly I there was always videos back in the day when it when it was in the development hell zone jurassic park 4 i should say when it was in development hell for 12 15 years whatever it was there was always the occasional video that would pop up where someone was like i was on the studio tour and the guy said it's filming <laughs> like it's coming soon <laughs> i was like well yeah as a, as a teenager i was very pumped by those kind of things but very quick to realize that that's just studio tour talking trying sure. to hype up the tour you know um but that was that was always really fun i remember there were rumors way back in the day uh coming out of hawaii where you know bob's bob's movie tours and stuff would be like they've they've booked out a whole hotel because they're filming jurassic park 4 and it's kind of like these guys didn't lie 
they they were booking something something was happening um <laughs> bob's uh, who's bob 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 <laughs> it was the kawaii guy who um ran a movie tour company oh um, gotcha gotcha so he was the one that le- he was the one that like w- would have pictures of uh jurassic park 3's filming he uploaded <laughs> he uploaded uh he went to like the beach set for jurassic park 3 and i think was given or took some screen um screenplay pages and <laughs> put them online oh, uh wow. so he was like the guy that was on <clears throat> boots on the ground when jurassic 3 was filming uh, oh wow so for years he was like wow we've caught wind universal are booking something for jurassic and there was always they're booking it then it was canceled the hotel got booked out by universal and then it was they all they canceled all the rooms it it makes you wonder how close was it back then at some points like yeah you know that hasbro were like making the toy line yeah uh which indicates that it was very much like greenlit yeah but it does make you wonder I would love to know, like, it would be a very cool discovery if somewhere along the line somebody leaked, like, some B-roll or some, just some, like, transferred footage. Those things, yeah, and, like... And it, was, it was, like, wait, w- what is this from? And it was, like, parts of Jurassic it was, Park 4, and then they stopped, the cameras stopped rolling, and they, like, pulled back and didn't make the movie, but imagine well, if they shot something. The reason they're not leaking that is because it's of Jeff Goldblum breaking his leg. Right. <laughs> he broke his <laughs> leg that. and fell off a cliff while he was breaking his <laughs> yeah. leg. That was a Stan Winston animatronic that nommed on it and just absolutely demolished it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean, with time, it's crazy what happens with time. Like, because, like, maybe in five or ten years, somebody will say, oh, yeah, I worked on this er- very, very early Jurassic Park 4 thing, and nobody ever knew about it. But I'm yeah. just shocked that early scripts have not come out um, for Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic Park 4 especially, yeah. other than the one that leaked on Reddit. But you know that other people are in possession of those, and I just hope that someday they come out because they're so – they're um, – they're old news at this point they're just sitting in somebody's dusty box and then they'll probably open and be like ah yeah i forgot that that was a thing almost well might as well put it on the internet i had one guy tell me a a couple years ago that he had a draft of the john sale script but it was the it said on the front rev by monaghan so it was when william monaghan rewrote some of it Hmm. so that screenplay in itself does exist in some script trading communities but nobody within the jurassic community at least that cares to share it has has seen that I, i'm sure script traders have it but i've not heard of anybody that's tight in the you know how like usually you can get word if somebody has something within like the tighter jurassic community i've not heard of anybody with that no. i mean I, again i would just love for the opportunity to read it at least um yeah re- that's remember... the thing you know the, when the john sale script came out that was leaked that potentially was leaked by somebody that didn't want that movie to be made there, there was always the rumor that it, somebody hacked spielberg's email which could have happened very much so but i think there would have been more important things to leak from spielberg's email oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. down the pipeline the word is that that was a strategic leak to mm-hmm. get that movie to not be made yes um, the, the the one that is online now uh, it was ain't it cool news that had a script review That's and right. down the pipeline the word is that got leaked to them very strategically so they could write an article about it and people can be like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> because it's apparently getting dangerously close to being made so somebody 
high in the production chain was uh, watching our backs back then. And they did. <laughs> Joe Johnson. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, if you told me today that it was Joe Johnson, I wouldn't be shocked at this point. Um, because it, it was successful. That is what stopped that movie from being made was the anti-cool news leak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Remember, I, I, we were quite young when that leaked. It was 2004, yeah. I think, that leaked, right? 2004, yeah. Maybe 2006, maybe a little bit later. But I remember that was religious to me. I would read that medical <laughs> news post daily and just be yes. It was crazy getting to read that script after all those years and yeah. finding out that there are even zanier things in the script than what was mentioned, like, in the review. Like, I remember reading when the Dilophosaurus was swinging from tree branch to tree branch with its tail. It wasn't even cool, the Dilophosaurus in the script, though, was it? It, it was... It, it was the species of lizard that has the frill. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like John Sales just bashing away, writing a script without much, like, dino knowledge. <laughs> Funny. What I was going to say was, remember when the yeah, synopsis for Jurassic World Dominion leaked? Remember that? Mm. <laughs> like late 2019, yeah. early 2020? People didn't believe it. Uh, yeah. And it was very obviously what was going to happen. Yeah, it's like a chlamydiasaurus. Um, <laughs> swings from the trees and spreads chlamydia to anyone it encounters. <laughs> Most ridiculous thing. No, that's, that's, seriously, that's, that's, that's a real animal, but that's just a funny name. But that's, that's what it's called. The, the, honestly, I would. We have that script on Jurassic Outpost for anybody that seriously hasn't read it. The John Sales one. You should go yeah. and read that. It is an amazing read. To to say that at the time, Steven Spielberg commissioned and Kathleen Kennedy commissioned John Sales, a B movie writer, a very very good B movie writer, um, to you know go in and um, it's a very clever B movie. It would have been a good movie, just not a good Jurassic movie. But um, I, just I would. I just don't understand their thought process of like Jurassic Park three, and then Kathleen Kennedy openly saying and. Stan Winston, we need to get back to the science and adventure of it. It needs to be half science, half adventure. You know? To be fair, there was science in that one. You know, <laughs> they, there were brain implants in Deinonychus, and uh, they were hybridizing them with dogs. So, like, there was the Daihu dogs, Daihu Ogs, Daihuogs, Daihuogs. I don't think that's what they called them in the script, though, right? <laughs> I swear it would. Oh no, maybe that was from the Anticle Muse thing. But yeah, or like that might have been like what, or no, I think that's what. Um, I think that dubbing came with the Carlos Suante art, but not from that version maybe. of the script. I just, I just find it amazing that their thought process was: let's ask John Sales, writer of Piranha, to to you know, have a go at Jurassic. I was like, did they? It wasn't that far off Lost World as well, you know. Spielberg made the Lost World. I don't know if you know that. It was his movie. Um, it just makes me wonder, like, what was going on in their world or in Hollywood at the time to make them think, let's make it a B movie. Let's get a B movie writer in. To, to Which is funny because that was like one of the biggest criticisms of Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. It slipped into B movie monster movie territory, not mm-hmm. like. And then they literally wrote a monster movie. Although the first 10 pages, I forget how much time Nick actually spends on Isla Nublar. Yeah, it wasn't very long, but. No, it wasn't very long, but it was the best part of the script for me because it was very much in line with what I wanted to see in a Jurassic. Going back to Nublar, some of the raptors have evolved slightly. It's fucking terrifying. The jungle's overgrown. Like, it's gone crazy there because it, it would have. You know, like, we know what Hawaii's like. Give it one summer and the whole island's changed because it's overgrown again. Um, I think bringing Nick Van Owen back is objectively a great idea. 
Well, so. it actually wasn't Nick Van Owen. It was a different Nick. No, I know. I that oh, I know, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm cha- I'm taking the conversation to Nick Van Owen. But yeah, okay. I, I'm down with that. I, I think a Nick Van Owen centered the Lost World. Uh, centered the Lost World. New Jurassic movie with Nick Van Owen is a great idea. Yeah. Sarah Harding should have been back in. Dimension. Sarah Harding, absolutely. Yeah, no, Sarah. I mean, honestly, Sarah. Out of the characters that make the most sense getting involved in Jurassic again. Sarah Harding and Nick Van Owen make way more sense than Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Um, I, I think bringing Malcolm back for Dominion the way that he was brought back was a mistake, to be honest with you. Um, I think the movie would have been better without him. Um, n- and that's no you know, slight on Jeff Goldblum or anything like that. I just don't think it made sense. And I think it just complicated an already complicated, convoluted screenplay even further. And just asked you to suspend your disbelief for his. I don't know. It was just. It was a cartoon. It was a cartoon. Dominion is a cartoon. I think, like, regardless, like, with dinosaurs out in the wild and, you know, everything that is the Jurassic story now, like, bringing these wildlife aware folks back makes 1,000% sense. Yes. Yeah. The people that have been working with these animals for many, many years that are exactly. forefront experts make a lot more sense than somebody who's never seen a dinosaur before. Imagine what Nick Van Owen has been doing for the last 25 years in the Jurassic universe, like with dinosaurs in the public sphere. Joining Greenpeace for, for the women? <laughs> yeah. What brought you there? Women. <laughs> his, his delivery in that movie is... Hammond's check cleared, or I wouldn't be going on this wild goose chase. <laughs> that whole sequence is so good. I love it. I love the whole movie, but that, that sequence alone, intro- introduction of Nick Van Owen. Oh, man. I'm, I might need to watch that movie later tonight. Yeah, I'm feeling... I haven't watched those movies, any Jurassic Park movie, um, in years, since like at least last year. I watched Jurassic World Dominion back in May, and then I watched Jurassic Park 3 last week. <laughs> started, so. I started trying to rewatch Dominion, and I turned it off at some point. The last time I watched any of the Jurassic World movies, except for when Dominion came out, was when I was at yours, Chris, for JP25, and I woke up early, made coffee, and sat down and was like, fuck it, I'll watch Jurassic World. And I sat there like, (laughs) I'm sorry, they're not for me. (laughs) I mean, when I watched Jurassic World back in, or Jurassic World Dominion back in May, there were substances involved that made it a blast. So it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Mushrooms is the only way to deal with. <laughs> no, I, I, I do feel like Jurassic Park 3, I haven't watched in a long time, but I, I went through a phase a few months back where I um, watched Lost World and I was with my girlfriend. I made her watch it, although she she enjoys it, but you know, you, you have to kind of ask, can we watch it again? But then the next day I was like, I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> I have to just go through it again. I wanted that experience. And then I watched it a third time. It's like, okay, I feel like a kid again. This is really, uh, I, you know, you know, you watch a movie when you're this age kind of thing and you can't watch it again straight away. Yeah. Um, Especially when you watch it on the older formats like VHS or even, even just like OG DVD, not Blu-ray. Like uh those qualities bring, bring the nostalgia feeling back to. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky to watch the lost world on VHS, uh, maybe a year ago. Um, that was an experience i have to say that really did i felt like a child watching that because it just brought me back to my childhood of being sat face to face with the tv 
and like putting the tape in, rewinding it. <laughs> all those sounds that a VHS player makes. They are very sad sounds. <laughs> you know, although JP3 is one I never watched on on VHS because it was uh, DVDs. It was like that was the era where they were releasing. Yeah, yeah I, I have JP3 on VHS, but I've never watched it on VHS. Mm. So, yeah. Well, maybe we should do that together. Exactly. Yes. That would be fun. And, but the thing is. To Orlando. Bring yes. a VHS player and a. That's all I'm going to pack. VHS player, JP3 on VHS. <laughs> maybe, maybe some clothes. In the old me that can somehow accept a VHS player because that's the real trick. What? Yeah, exactly. What's What's crazy is that it's harder to find a VHS player than it is to find Jurassic Park three on VHS nowadays. And VHS players cost a fortune now. They so. do online. I I got the one I've got has some feedback issues. So you turn the volume up and all you, you can hear static more than you can hear the volume of the film, <laughs> which doesn't work, you know, too well. But uh, you go to a, if you, you're able to go to like a, a garage sale out here, a thrift store out here. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Thrift stores. Uh, they're called charity shops back in the UK. Uh, if you go to a thrift store, that's where I got this one. There was stacks of VHSs. Oh, but man. you just, you have to plug yeah. it in yourself and figure out, well, does it work? It might work. Let's just take a gamble. Uh, it's $5. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're right. I looked. You know, funnily enough, I looked recently online to see if I could get a, a new VHS player. The last one was made by a company in Japan in 2017, but it retails online if you can find it for about four hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm looking on yeah. Amazon. You guys aren't kidding. Yeah, like you can't buy them anymore. What the dream? Like what I would like to do is to find one of those OG TVs that have a VHS player built into oh, it. Yeah. Like, that would just be the perfect thing. But those are also very expensive. Nowadays. It just makes me wish that I'd kept the one we used to have. You know, <laughs> used up, to, we all used to have, like, five in our house at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember in my bedroom, I think I, I think I had a TV with a VHS player in the bottom of it. Yeah, I remember. TV. Yep. But, you know, you get rid of it when you upgrade to a flat screen. I would, you, you never think, well, this is going to be relevant someday we're gonna be sat here 10 15 20 years on wishing we'd kept that <laughs> you never think i'm gonna go back and instead of watching something in 8k i want to go back and watch it on vhs yeah <laughs> so, seriously seriously the only thing the only thing i miss are the pre-rolls and the post-rolls for like the parks and whatnot yeah uh, on the vhs otherwise um i you know i jumped to dvd and then to blu-ray and never never looked back I don't yeah. think I could watch a DVD now. That's one thing, especially with how big TVs have become. The the stretched standard definition image is not a good look. Yeah, but that, it's just the, the there's something that comes from watching a VHS, uh, whether it's the nostalgia, whether it's just the that whole era, that whole generation. The fact that it's still technically like film, right? It's tape. It's on celluloid that's running <laughs> yeah. around a tiny little thing it's something about it it's good fun the whirring that you hear but uh yeah who knows i think that would be cool yeah one day i think if they make another jurassic they should um they should release it on vhs like some some horror movies now if you've ever seen skinnamarink i don't know if you've seen that um they it's a horror movie that's all it's like got a vhs feel to it if you haven't seen skinnamarink by the way watch it it's insane i like i it like broke me because it's so scary <laughs> um but they released it on vhs and i was like that is 
damn cool that's especially awesome. as, as like a horror collector you know if you if you're a horror collector that's the kind of thing that you want on vhs because it's got that feel to it it makes it even creepier watching it on vhs um, do it for jurassic park's 50th anniversary release it on vhs they should have re-released it this year this i know i know that jurassic park 30th yeah cool. that would have been cool well there's still yeah. time but uh guys this is um this has been fun it's absolutely a blast to talk jurassic and um i'm sure we missed a bunch of stuff that we had planned to talk about but either way um thank you for joining me thank you and thank you let's hope that next time we've got some new news to talk about uh yeah we are coming we are coming up fast on the pre-order for the uh jurassic park classic collection uh from limited run games oh yeah so um fingers crossed they're going to surprise us and put the sega genesis games in there but either way i'm just looking forward to seeing the collector edition and whatnot and get my hand hands on that so yeah. yeah it'll be a lot of fun to play that and hopefully it does really well so there's and a chance that they could do future jurassic games exactly uh, you know well remains to be seen but either way thank you for listening to episode 107 of the in general podcast head to jurassicoutpost.com for honestly some of the best news you'll ever see i don't know why i said that there's just news on there. the best news the best news is the on best there. news ever only the best news but guys thank you very much for joining me i'll uh, i'll speak to you on the next podcast and definitely not in between that bye bye <laughs> 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 all right